You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We're just so very glad that you've joined us today on Real Presence Live. We are broadcasting from Dickinson, North Dakota, from Trinity Catholic Schools. My name is Mike Kidrowski. I'm here with Amanda Ellerkamp, and we're on to our next segment, and what a timely segment this is, folks. Uh, uh, Paul Sens, the author of Fatima, 100 Questions and Answers about the Marian Apparitions, is here with us. Good morning to you, Paul. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for for being on the air with us. And uh, well, let's uh, let's just start out. Uh, tell the listening audience uh, a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, uh, I'm a, a native Oregonian, but a, a recent transplant to Oklahoma. So I guess if the state starts with an O, you'll find me there. Um, uh, Live here with uh, uh, my wife and our kids and our. Um, uh, my wife's family too, her uh, brother and his family, and her mom, and got a whole a whole a whole crew out here with us. So, um, you know, we're kind of bumping up the Catholic population of Western Oklahoma just <laughs> just by ourselves. <laughs> Beautiful. Ah, uh, God bless you. Uh, well, Paul, gee, uh, let's uh, kind of unpack a little bit the subject on uh, on hand here. Uh, tell us about Fatima, how that caught your interest to a point of writing a book about it. I'm sure the audience is on the edge of their seat to, to hear this. Sure. Well, growing up, I was always, I always had a great devotion to Our Lady. Um, I went to my local parish in our tiny little um, rural, unincorporated uh, community in, West, in Western Oregon. Um, the parish was a visitation of the Blessed Virgin Mary Parish, and we had a grotto, and we had May crownings and all that sort of stuff. And there's a, a Marian order of sisters in Oregon uh, taught at the school and all that sort of stuff. And I had those, you know, Catholic picture books for kids by Father Father Lovasic, um, including the Fatima one, which, which was always one of my favorites. And then back in the summer of, well, I guess the spring of 2020, when the that new Fatima movie was about to come out, it was supposed to come out in April, but they pushed it back to August because theaters being closed and everything mm-hmm. um and so they, they said well let's you know let's push back to august and see what we can figure out and they ended up doing a you know a, a on-demand uh kind of release right. but then we at Ignatius press we thought we thought hey now we've got you know an extra four months before this movie comes out now this might be a good time to put out some kind of a resource for people looking for more information this is going to be a wide release movie there's going to be a lot of people who are going to want more information or or maybe even to know, you know, there's certain, understandably, there's certain artistic license choices that have to be made in making a movie to tell the story more efficiently and that sort of thing. So so they had to kind of, you know, fudge with the facts a little bit to get the, to get the main point across. So they so they said, they said, well, do you think you can write this book fast? <laughs> and I said, well, <laughs> sounds, like it'll be, sounds like it'll be pretty short. So yes, yeah, so I researched and wrote it in about, in about a month. Wow. And we just cranked it out, and it came out came out uh, around the same time as the movie. So, um, wonderful. Hopefully, hopefully, it can serve as a pretty good. Wh- whether they're watching the movie, have seen the movie, or you know, just interested in Mary or apparitions in general, or Fatima in particular. Hopefully, the book can be good a good uh, resource and 
question and answer format, hopefully, is a good way to uh, to structure it so that they can find whatever information quickly, too. Yeah, I like that, uh, Paul. This is Samanda. For our listeners, Paul Sins is joining us. He's the author of Fatima, 100 Questions and Answers About Marrying Apparitions. And I think the accessibility of that, as you were saying, of being able to look up, well, what about this question? Maybe I know this about Fatima, but I don't know that. And I, and I can find those things. And as you said, even as an accompaniment to the film, or they're studying that they might be doing. So just to give us kind of a little snippet of, of for our listeners who maybe aren't as familiar with the apparitions at Fatima, yeah. What are some of, you know, the requests that our lady made or maybe some of the really important things or highlights that you would say, if this is what you need to know about Fatima at the heart? Yeah. Well, the main thing that I think people should take away from the Fatima apparition is the same as our lady's message, you know, in any time. We hear Mm -hmm. hear it in in the Gospels. Do whatever he tells you, right? That her, her goal is to bring people to her son. First and foremost, you know, an end of story. That's what she wants. And at Fatima in particular, her message over and over again to these three children who were the the visionaries was about prayer and making, making, uh, turning away from sin and making sacrifice and doing penance and offering that up, not just for your, for the sake of your own Sins, but also for the sake of the world, you know. So if you're if you're suffering, if you're ill, if you if you're suffering in any way, you can offer that up for the sake of the souls in purgatory, for the sake of the church, for the sake of the world, for the sake of sinners, and offer all of that suffering up, um, and God and God can bring good from it. And that's her message repeatedly: is pray the rosary, devote yourself to Jesus, turn away from sin. Um, and I'll also point out. Uh, as far as uh, maybe kind of a brief point about apparitions in general, public yes. revelation, which we get, which your listeners might already know this, public revelation, which we are all bound to believe, ended with the death of the last apostle, right? Mm-hmm. You know, scripture, the canon of scripture is is settled, um, and we've got sacred tradition being passed on down to the down through the centuries, but public revelation has ended. There will be no no new. You know, the Pope will not come out or any, anybody will not come out and say, God has told me that everybody must believe this new thing. No, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Private revelation, which Fatima is a, you know, a great example of that, Mary appearing to these three individuals privately, you know, Guadalupe, Lord, all, all, all these sorts of private revelation. No one is bound to believe them because they are, they are private to the individual. But that being said, there could, there could be wonderful things that come out of it. And when the Church investigates private revelations, the highest, you know, accolades or approval that the Church would give would be calling it worthy of belief. Um, nobody is bound to believe it, but the Church might might call it worthy of belief. There's nothing in this revelation that is contrary to Church teaching. There's nothing in it that will that will lead anybody astray. There's no, there's no, no negative... Uh, implications from this revelation. Um, and Fatima is an example of that. So nobody must believe these apparitions, but of course many, many people do, and, there, and a lot of really wonderful things have come from it. Yeah, I appreciate that that explanation. I think that's important for us 
to remember and, and to have that distinction that these are things that can build up our faith and and are always, you know, those that are private but are deemed worthy are always in continuity with, you know, the public revelation that has happened and, and they're meant to strengthen our faith. As you said, you know, Mary is always about do whatever he tells you. You know, he's, she's pointing us back to Jesus and what was revealed during his time on earth and through the apostles. So there's never anything to go against that, but it's meant to bolster, you know, our faith in that. And so it's a really beautiful gift that uh, the Lord has given us through these apparitions of Our Lady, such as at uh, Fatima. And Paul, before we get to our first break here with you, these requests of Our Lady that that you referenced, why are those so important today uh, and continue to be important in our world even all these years after the apparitions happened? Yeah, well, like I said, the, the, the overarching request was for prayer and turning away from sin and, and doing penance. Mm-hmm. And that is an evergreen need. You know, we always yeah. need to pray. We always need to be turning away from sin, actively and consciously turning away from sin, because we are, we are predisposed because of original sin. We are predisposed to want to sin, you know, to, to fall into temptation, and so we have to be fighting against that all the time. Um, and then the, the specific... The specific request uh, for um, the consecration of Russia, which I'm, which I'm sure we'll talk <laughs> talk about a little more, yes, um, yeah. probably after the break. Um, <clears throat> it's 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 kind of just another another part of that, you know, with the talk, talking about the 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 errors of, of Russia and communism and everything, turning away from that sin and, and entrusting that Mary will help Russia in that instance, but also all of us to turn away from sin, turn towards Christ and, and, um, you know, embrace that new and eternal covenant that we have with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are, those are eternal needs. As you said, that prayer turning away from sin and, and doing penance. And I think just as you were talking there, it made me think of, you know, how that speaks to us of the truth of these, these revelations you know that there there are things that are continuous throughout time that are that are true and needed in in all times and places for all for all people. Mm-hmm. Yes, Paul. I I, I want to go back. Uh, one of the first things you mentioned uh, the uh, request of the uh, of our Blessed Mother at Fatima. You mentioned Rosary, and more and more and more, I'm hearing the turning to the this powerful prayer that the Blessed Mother has given us uh, is such a, well, people refer to it as a, a weapon for evil. And, and can you, can you uh, uh, we got a couple minutes before break, can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, the, the rosary, when you, when you think about what the rosary is, we think of it, think of it as, this, as this profoundly Marian prayer. It's, you know, it was given to us by Mary, it's, it's got dozens of Hail Marys throughout it. <clears throat> but of course, what it boils down to is a meditation on the life of Jesus Christ. Certainly. Um, you know, and each, each, each decade, each uh, Hail Mary itself, even, um, that's, that's what it, how it's structured. And so, me- meditating on <clears throat> the life of Christ and calling out 
calling out the name of Jesus Christ for 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 help in times of need um, is a is a very powerful weapon. Uh, I know I've heard stories of uh, I think it was Padre Pio who he would be in his cell and and his his brother friars would would hear these horrible sounds of of some kind of a scuffle or fight going on in there. Um, and I think I heard this the stories from from Scott Hahn or something. And right. one night, one night they they heard heard horrible sounds of a fight going on in there, and uh, the door was locked. And they're pounding on the door, saying, "You know, well, what's going on? Do you need help?" And Padre Pio shouted out, "Bring me my weapon! Bring me my weapon!" And they said, <laughs> "What weapon? What are you talking about?" And he said, "Bring me my rosary." And so they found his rosary wherever it was, slid it under the door, and you know, within moments, the the fight. The fight with the demon had ended. Wow! Um, because it just it just had that that power. Wow! What a what a great story! Thank you for sharing that with us, uh, Paul. Uh, folks, we have to take a break right now. We'll be back with more of Paul Sens, the author of Fatima, 100 Questions and Answers about the Marian Apparitions. We'll be back, and we're going to talk about the consecration of Russia and Ukraine right after this. Don't go away. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. On Friday, March 25th, around 11 a.m. Central, Pope Francis, united to all the bishops and Catholic faithful around the world, will consecrate Russia and Ukraine to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. We invite you to join in prayer for peace and healing for the conflict in Ukraine. Check with your local diocese for special masses or other events coming up, or visit realpresenceradio.com Ukraine to read the official translation of the Pope's consecration prayer and to pray a special luminous rosary for Ukraine. That's realpresenceradio.com Ukraine. This is Father Pfeiffer of the Diocese of Fargo, just taking a moment to reflect on the significance and the importance of the Mass. As we come to the Mass, we should approach the Mass as if we were coming to the Last Supper. We were coming again to Calvary, as they are represented to us. Those that come to the Mass oftentimes have preoccupied minds. They are distracted. There's many things going on in their heart and their mind that they do not able to focus on the significance and the reason they are there. I think it's important to reflect on what is your friendship with Jesus? Because your friendship with Jesus will build your character. It will build your virtue. The reason Jesus gives us the Eucharist is so that we can become like him. How will you approach the Mass? It's important to reflect, to prepare your hearts to receive him, the Lord of Lords. This is Nancy Mickelson from Nativity Parish in Fargo, North Dakota. Thank you for listening to Real Presence Radio. At the University of Mary, we offer an education for the whole of life. Our values-based, flexible, and affordable education will prepare you for success and help you become a leader in your field. Whether you want to start your degree for the first time or continue your education, whether you are a working professional or want to pursue school full-time, join us for an education that will help you make a positive impact in our community. Discover the Mary difference. UMary.edu. That's UMary.edu. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Good morning. Thank you for staying with us this morning on Real Presence Live. My name is Amanda Ellerkamp. I'm joined by Mike Kitarowski. We are live 
from Trinity High School in Dickinson, North Dakota, in the Fisher Commons here at the junior high and high school. We are joined this segment by Paul Sens, who is the author of the book on Fatima, 100 Questions and Answers About the Marian Apparitions. Before the break, we were talking about uh, Fatima, the apparitions and the messages from that. And we're coming up in a very a timely event with tomorrow there is going to be a consecration of Ukraine and Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And this is something that uh, Pope Francis has called upon us that he will be doing, but there's also a variety of events going around uh, going on around the world, including in our region, in regards to this event. So, Paul... Can you share a little bit with our listeners about this upcoming consecration of Russia and Ukraine? What is it, and why is it so important? Sure. So when you think about the word consecration, you know, the, the etymology of the word, but what it means is to, to make something holy or to set something, up, set something apart for a holy purpose. And in some contexts, that means, um, you know, requiring a conversion, a, a turning turning away from from one path to it and onto another so and, and the you know, we talk about we talk about the churches being consecrated and bishops being consecrated and when the Eucharist is confected we call that the consecration right mm-hmm. but it's also you can also consecrate a person or a, or a nation or, or something or something like that um, to to a purpose and John Paul II, when he talked about consecration, he he called it an entrustment. So when, when he when he would consecrate, for, for example, consecrated the world in Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, he called it an act of entrustment because he was entrusting the world and, in a particular way, Russia to our Blessed Mother, you know, to 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 wrap us in that motherly embrace and um, um, pray for us and intercede for us in a special way with her Son, right? So, um, so, so that's that's basically what's happening. Is, is the Holy Father has asked all the bishops of the world and the priests and laity. He's asked everybody, everybody to join him, but but mm-hmm. um, in, a, in a particular way, he wrote, he wrote to the bishops asking them to join him um, in this in this consecration of Russia and Ukraine uh, to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And I think they released the the text of the prayer. Mm-hmm. I think the English translation just came out in the last day or two. And the way it phrases it is, uh, all of humanity, and in a particular way, Russia and Ukraine. So, it, so it, it's really consecrating the whole world over the special plea for, for peace in Russia and Ukraine. Um, and so what's happening tomorrow is, there, if I understand correctly, there was, there was a penance service that was already scheduled, and... Uh, that he decided at that penance service to to pray this act of consecration, and he's he's written to all the bishops of the world, asking them to join in at at some point tomorrow in their diocese, and then all and then you know priests and the laity to to join in too, um, to to pray for entrusting consecrating the world and in a particular way Russia and Ukraine to the Immaculate Heart. Yes, it's it's a really beautiful, and I love how you use the word entrustment. It really gives us a sense of what this consecration means. And uh, for our listeners, uh, 
if you go to realpresenceradio.com forward slash Ukraine, again, that's realpresenceradio.com forward slash Ukraine, uh, they actually have up there the English translation of um, the text of the act of consecration that Pope Francis will be uh, praying tomorrow. And as you said, Paul, uh, it's pieces of it, excuse me, is mother of God, our mother, to your immaculate heart, we solemnly entrust and consecrate ourselves, the church, and all humanity, especially Russia and Ukraine. Just a piece from that. So uh, it, it's a really beautiful prayer and, and beautiful that we see the universality, you know, of this with the church as we're, uh, you know, the, the Pope is calling upon that, but that it's going to be going on uh, throughout all the world. So there's there's text that will be prayed. So what, what does this look like? How does this happen, Paul, um, when there's an act of consecration? You know, we're familiar, like you said, at the, the mass uh, of the consecration, but when it's uh, a, the world in a, in a country, uh, what, what does that look like? Well, it, it, it basically boils down to, to a, a prayer. You know, it's, it's, they're praying, praying to our Blessed Mother and asking her to take special care and pray in a special way for humanity and Russia, and specifically Russia and Ukraine. You know, so it's, it's, it's not, it's not, uh, obviously, as, as you know, it's not a sacrament um, or, or anything like that, um, but it is a, a, a special uh, kind of prayer of entrusting. So, and as I said, it's, it'll be in the context of um, a penance service that, that um, was already scheduled for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and it's, it's fitting, fitting for it to be tomorrow, for it to be March 25th, for a couple of reasons. One, it's the Solemnity of the Annunciation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, of course, a, a, um, a, a profoundly important solemnity. Um, and, of course, one with, with uh, Marian elements to it. And it's yes. also the anniversary of, of the consecration that John Paul II did in 1984, the March, March 25th, 1984, he he did his uh, consecration of of Russia and Ukraine, which um, mm, was wow. intended to, and yeah, and it was that was that consecration was intended to, um, and according to Sister Lucia, the the surviving Fatima visionary, it succeeded in um, satisfying Our Lady's request that uh, Russia and Ukraine be consecrated to the Immaculate Heart. So doing it on the anniversary of that is also is also very fitting. Oh, I love that! I did not had not made that connection. So well, that that is uh, that is powerful, um, uh, folks. Uh, if you're just joining us, we're visiting with Paul Sens, uh, and uh, he's he's explaining the consecration of Russia and Ukraine uh, to us. Um, this has come together quite rapidly, of course, folks. And there's information on uh, realpresenceradio.com/ukraine. And on that website, uh, we have we have our diocese uh, listed that that we serve all ten of them listed, and you can click on your diocese to get more information what's happening in your diocese. And also, I know parishes, I know parishes uh, are are doing uh, uh, special things, special rosaries. Uh, talk to uh, a parishioner in. Minot, North Dakota, on Monday or Tuesday, and uh, they're organizing a rosary at the top of the hour every hour on Friday. Um, 
and so you know go ahead and and please please this is a big deal uh get involved uh see what what your parish is is doing locally and uh, please uh, pray the rosary uh paul we have uh, uh, you know about three more minutes uh what do you think what else do you think our listeners should uh, uh, be aware of as we go into this uh, uh solemnity of the annunciation and also this big day of the consecration of russia and ukraine well, I guess one thing I mentioned is um, there's a lot of talk out there about, about and because of this consecration, there's a lot of talk out there about Our Lady's request at Fatima that Russia and Ukraine be consecrated. And um, it's, been, it's been a point of controversy, so I guess maybe I'll, I'll comment on that briefly. Please. It, at Fatima, in July of 1917, she said that she would come, come back at a later date to request that Russia be consecrated to her Immaculate Heart. And she said, if this is not done, uh, a greater world war will come, which of course would be World War II, and the errors of Russia, which would be communism, which was, was just starting to take hold of the time, the errors of Russia will propagate throughout the world and cause, and cause great suffering throughout the world. <clears throat> and of course that happened. We, we, we've, seen, we've seen that happen. We've seen the, the wages of that, of that, of that horrendous um, turn of events, right? Um, and we're still seeing, even, even places where communism is not practiced anymore, we're, we're still seeing that. But, but in 1984, as I said, March 25th, 1984, St. John Paul II uh, consecrated the world, and in a particular way, Russia, to the Immaculate Heart. Now, he, did, he didn't mention Russia by name, um, but he, he, he kind of described it. He, he indicated it by, by, by description. And um, late, later on, after that, the, the bishop of the diocese where, where Fatima is in Portugal thanked him for, for consecrating the world to the Immaculate Heart. And John Paul II added, and Russia. So he, he specifically, that was clearly his, his stated intention. And there's a, there's a great story of a, a seminarian who was in the later 80s, who, who was in Rome, you know, the Pope was walking the rope lines, shaking hands and things. And he, the seminarian yelled out to him, please consecrate Russia to the United Heart. And John Paul II stopped in his tracks, turned back, pointed at him and said, I did. I did consecrate <laughs> Russia to the United Heart. So, oh, and okay. like I said, Sister Lucia, the surviving visionary, said, heaven has accepted this. Our Lady's request has been satisfied. So, yeah, great so story. This, this is just another a follow-up asking for her help again. And there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. Yeah, yeah we're... we're we're coming up on a hard break here, Paul. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to thank Paul Sands for joining us this, mor- this morning, talking about uh, the uh, apparitions and also the consecration of Russia and Ukraine. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more Real Presence Live. Please uh, join us. Join us.